welcome to day three of Buns Take CES. My name is Nick Pakul. Happy to be with you once again from the Consumer Electronics Show here in Las Vegas. And I'm Lexi Peary. Today was the first official day of CES, I guess you could say. It's the day that all the exhibits were open. It was open to the public. Thousands of people there today. And it was pretty wild. Yes, the on-foot commutes between exhibits took a while. I think I spent about an hour getting to where my beat was, AR, VR, and gaming. Uh, but once I got there, it was fantastic. Another person, one of the eight people that BU News Service has sent with us to Las Vegas, Matt Nixa, who joins us now. Matt, how are you? I'm doing well. Happy to be here. So tell tell us a little bit about what you worked on today. What did you publish? So uh, today I covered a panel that discussed a relatively new form of therapy called neuromodulation. So it's defined as direct stimulation of the nervous system through electrical signals. And the panel that I covered was comprised of leaders of medical device and healthcare companies. And the primary topics of discussion was how neuromodulation can be used to treat people addicted to opioids. And so as we all know, the U.S. is in the middle of an opioid crisis. There's around 68% of the more than 70,000 drug overdose deaths in 2017 involved in opioid. And on average, 130 Americans die every day from an opioid overdose. One of the panelists, his name is Dr. David Carraway. He's the chief medical officer of medical device company Nevro, said neuromodulation is a form of therapy that can get people off of opioids or reduce their opioid dosage to safer levels. Another panelist, uh, the Divisional Vice President of Research and Development for Abbott, named Ryan Lacken, said there are three clinical trials that have been published, two by Abbott and one by Nevro, that says neuromodulation can fundamentally change the pathway of pain so people no longer get the sense of pain, which enables them to no longer need opioids. Very nice. And this is not necessarily without controversy, though, right? That's correct. So as pointed out in my article, the Associated Press, they did a story in November of last year that interviewed 40 people who had issues with a form of neuromodulation called spinal cord stimulation. So this is when the nervous tissues in a specific portion of the spinal cord are stimulated with electricity to block pain signals to the brain. And what the Associated Press had found was that they had been shocked and injured in the course of this form of therapy. And the AP report had some pretty harrowing statistics. There were more than 78,000 reported injuries between 2008 and 2017 that came as a result of this spinal cord stimulation therapy. And what the AP had found was that the FDA, uh, the Food and Drug Administration, had been putting people at risk by pushing these spinal cord stimulation devices through an abbreviated approval process, which meant they weren't regulating them as well as they should have been. So I think what that shows is that this is a form of therapy that needs to be, I, I think, taken with a grain of salt. We can't be looking at this as the end-all solution to the opioid crisis. We need to weigh the pros and cons of whether this is a viable solution. And I'm glad we were able to, I guess, look at both sides of the story in this case, because uh, while the panel did a good job explaining some of its benefits, we also have to look at the wider scope and see why it's, I guess, treated as a form of last resort by insurance companies, as the AP report pointed out. It's interesting how many technologies throughout this conference are really in their infancy. Mm -hmm. I think AR, VR is another good example. That's one of the things that I cover here at CES. 
AR and VR is another perfect example of, of a technology which it sounds like neuromodulation is to some degree that is really beginning to come into its own and may not have yet and is still trying to work out the kinks. So this may just be a result of not having enough time to mature as a technology and really as an industry. But I'm very curious to see how this happens because honestly you've, you've taught me about this. This yeah. is not a technology that I was aware of, so thank you very much for that. No, thank you. And hopefully, as I'll be paying attention to it uh, in the future, hopefully there's more clinical trials to test how safe it is and whether it could be a more viable solution to the opioid crisis in the future. And that's certainly a crisis that we're going to need to deal with at one point or another. I know it's a uh, policy priority of the Trump administration. Um, as many would argue, it should be. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if they adopt even a little bit of this policy or this uh, procedure. It's interesting that there's actually a lot of big problems that I didn't realize tech was really trying to solve. I hadn't really thought about technology necessarily solving these problems, like the opioid crisis, or I actually went to a panel today about famine, and they were talking about how they're going to use AI to predict famine, which I found really interesting. Wow. Yeah, it was fascinating. I just thought that a lot of these problems were going to be solved through policy or nonprofits, but we can't just rule out the tech world. It's taking over a lot of things, which could be good in a lot of ways. I've had a very similar experience over the past few days going to a couple AR, VR conferences. Uh, I think a lot of people think of AR, VR as gaming, and to a large extent it is. But one of the things that's really been driven home for me over the past few days going to these panels and talks and seminars is just how many other applications it has. It has therapeutic applications. Uh, it was seen as an application to potentially treat PTSD wow. and even provide a an avatar instead of a therapist to help folks who are coming back from war, veteran soldiers who may not necessarily identify with the kind of treatment that a traditional therapist may be able to provide. Perhaps they may be able to relate better or feel more comfortable with an artificial avatar and still get the same level of treatment. And in fact, they referenced research that said it was a far greater uh, percentage of success with virtual reality treatment for PTSD. That's just one potential application, but that was something that really surprised me as well. It's really cool because the tech industry right now really seems to be riddled with problems with scandals and privacy issues and a lot of that's a lot of like what we are hearing about sure. now and so I guess it's it's good to hear that they that there's good coming from technology still you know I think that there's kind of like this pessimism that we have about technology but there's some good things happening and I think CES is showing that off going off of that point after the CES 2019 trends to watch presentation on Sunday night I had an opportunity to catch up with the Consumer Technology Association's Ben Arnold, who spoke at that presentation. One of the things I asked him was about the security thing, because especially with all of the slews of scandals we've seen between Facebook and a bunch of other technology and really e-commerce giants, uh, I asked him, what do you say to folks that are concerned about the security risks, the very real security threats to these companies? And he said that, you know, while there are certainly strides being made, 
to make sure that that security is protected, he also laid some responsibility at the feet of consumers, uh, saying that they need to make sure that they're up on their security settings and making sure that they are protecting themselves as best they can. So it's interesting to hear from the other side of this conversation because it's not one that we hear from a lot that perhaps we as consumers also bear part of the responsibility of protecting ourselves on these websites. Man, I use the same password for pretty much every website. I should probably <laughs> be careful about that. That would, that would be a good idea. Okay, so moving on. Nick, what did you see on the exhibit floors that caught your eye? Well, as I mentioned earlier, I was in the AR, VR gaming world of the South Hall over at the Las Vegas Convention Center. There were a couple things that caught my eye. The first one, which was one of the first interviews that I did, was a new set of gaming chairs uh, from a company called Arosi. And what they're excited about unveiling at this CES is their partnership with CBS. They have unveiled a new line of Star Trek gaming chairs. And uh, the young lady that I spoke with was explaining that Star Trek is pretty big in the gaming world. So they have a new line there. They've also got uh, plenty of desks and all kinds of accessories for gamers. So we spoke a little bit about that as well. That'll be coming up in my upcoming report on today's findings in the AR, VR, and gaming world over at the Las Vegas Convention Center. In addition to that, I also spoke with a gentleman from a company called 3D Rudder. And essentially what that is, is a circular board that sits under your feet when you're playing a VR game. And it's right now decked out for PlayStation VR. There's also a PC application as well. Uh, and accessibility as well. But the PlayStation VR is, is the, the new one that they're really excited about. And essentially, it allows you to simulate the sensation of walking. And it allows <laughs> you, in a game, to move about the virtual world as if you were there in person. So it's bringing you a little bit closer to this virtual world wow. that thousands and thousands of people are trying to simulate through these virtual reality so experiences. So simulating walking? Yes, and it also is one of the answers to the, the real challenge with VR gaming, which is how to make the you know, locomotive movement within virtual reality work. Because mm -hmm. in a stationary position, you know, let's say you're, you're shooting skeet or something in a virtual reality world, you've got the two remotes or the two controllers, one in each hand. So when you don't have to move positionally, geographically, it's pretty easy. Mm -hmm. But all of a sudden, if you have to walk somewhere, or you have to move or duck or shoot and do something else in a game, all of a sudden, challenges start to arise. So this is one of the answers to that challenge. So there were a couple different answers uh, to that problem uh, within virtual reality. Wow. But the one thing, yeah, the one thing that really caught my eye was a company called QPixel. They're actually a Boston-based company. I think I'm going to head Boston. back. Woo. Yeah, yeah, Beantown making an appearance over here in Vegas. <laughs> they really have a pretty compelling story within their product. So I'm going to try to do my best to explain what exactly it is that they do. Essentially, they have an app that allows you to take a picture or use a picture that you have 
and they convert that image into a piece of art similar to what you would find in a coloring book. So essentially, they create art out of anything. Then what you have is a two or three by two or three inch cube, or square, I should say, and it's a canvas. They have a device that holds your tablet or phone over the canvas. And when you look at the phone, it has superimposed the image onto the canvas. So all you have to do is trace the image you see on the screen and you will draw the image on the canvas. Whoa. It's pretty cool. That's really cool. Yeah. It's called QPixel. And it's, it's, it's kind of mindless. They, they advertised it to me that it doesn't take any talent to do it. You're basically just tracing. Uh, it's right back to preschool, but it is, it's kind of a therapeutic exercise. So, Art and video games, and wow, you experienced a lot today. I did. How about yourself, Lexi? So I also spent quite a bit of time at the Las Vegas Convention Center, checking out exhibits, just walking around. I actually did a... Facebook Live for the BU News Service Facebook account and much celebrated first outing. Yes, yes, and I looked at the visually pleasing LG booth. It was beautiful. You'll probably see it all over social media. There's TVs that are just running up the wall that are showing really beautiful high def videos of nature. There's streams, there's mountains there's galaxies it's really beautiful there's more on that on facebook if you want to check that out but one thing that really caught my eye and i think a lot of people at the convention center was google's 18,000 square foot booth if you want to call it it's not even a booth it's a it's building. more of an experience it's, really it's it's crazy they have games set up that people are winning free google homes they have pizza and coffee. They also have a roller coaster, which was mind-blowing. Google went all out for CES, I would say. That's good to hear. And I will definitely be trying to get on that roller coaster tomorrow. That The line was insanely long, but Aaron and I are going early tomorrow. We'll update you on what we see. I'm looking forward to this. Stay tuned. See, I don't know how Google could create a roller coaster and put it essentially in a parking lot in front of the Las Vegas Convention Center. But it's one of the largest buildings in the general area of the Las Vegas Convention Center. So I'm, I'm very curious to see how this goes. Yeah, I heard they had to lay a whole new foundation for this to meet safety standards. That's insane. It's This is a conference. This is like a few-day conference, and they made a roller coaster. It just is mind-blowing. So... I'll update you on what happens there. Google has way too much time on its hands. <laughs> they do, they do. So another exciting thing that we experienced today was the media-only event Showstoppers at CES. You want to talk about that, Nick? Absolutely. So my loyal camera person, Aaron, along with myself, went to showstoppers tonight and shot a walkthrough video we got to talk to a lot of different companies a lot of folks who had very interesting uh, technology really from around the world but a couple that caught my eye first of all was the tastemakers uh, that's the name of the company they've created this arcade style game for the home 
So it's a, essentially a smaller version of what you would see in an arcade. And they have classic little, you know, Atari-style shooters and that kind of thing. It was pretty cool. And I, I was... It was very was, 80s. Yes. Absolutely. Very retro. Very retro. And that was an interesting uh, thing to experience. I did... I probably scored about a 500, I want to say. And I think the high score was 1,800. Oh, so you were close. You were really close. <laughs> That's generous. I was not really close. So another thing that we noticed was a company called Pigsby. And Pigsby has a new product that they call their Piggy Wallet. It's for kids. And it's a, it looks like an electronic credit card or debit card. It's a little bit thicker than a credit card. And what it is, is it's designed to create a miniature bank account for kids, teach them the value of money, by allowing their parents to deposit small amounts of money for tasks completed. So, for instance, if I'm five years old, for instance, and I have my piggy wallet, and I make my bed, maybe I get a dollar or two for that. What? And that goes into my piggy wallet. Yeah. I told her, I'm like, you're, you're about 15 years too late. <laughs> I needed this in my life in like 2002. That would have been fantastic. But So is it real money? It's cryptocurrency based, but oh, okay. it, it, is, it's, it is money. It is real cash at the end of the day Wow. for the kids. And you were there as well, Lexi. I'm curious what caught your eye. So I was looking at health and wellness technology mostly. Two booths that I really liked were Yume and BrainTap. It was interesting walking past those because you just saw people laying out on mattresses and lawn chairs, and they were testing out these technologies. Um, Yume is a thing that you put over your eyes, and it has some kind of heat sensors, and it runs through a cycle of kind of relaxing your eyes. It's supposed to stimulate the oils in your eyelids, so it helps people that have dry eye. I feel like I have that looking at computer screens all day. And also BrainTap is an app that walks you through some kind of rejuvenation, but also relaxation or any kind of meditation kind of that you need. It walks you through that and it has a series of lights on your eyes, but also in your ears. I didn't really understand that. There was, for some reason, the headset had lights going off in your ears, which somehow stimulated something around the brain. Who knows? It was pretty cool, though. People were just chilling, laying out there. Looked pretty fun. I didn't get a chance, but a lot of stuff with health and wellness and meditation and relaxation. And the overall Showstoppers event was very impressive. I mean, our, our one of our professor advisors, Nick Barber, had advised us that the Showstoppers food is the best of the conference. I think we can probably confirm that at we this can point all, in time. I think we can all attest to that. It was delicious from tacos, they had dumplings, pot stickers, delicious brownies. Fantastic experience overall. Thank you, the Showstoppers folks. And thank you for tuning in once again to Buns Takes CES Day 3. We have one more day to go here at the conference in Las Vegas. We hope you'll join us tomorrow night. Follow along on our social media channels online. We're posting articles, videos, 
this podcast. It's all online at BUNewsService.com. Also, follow the hashtag BunsCES19 on Twitter. That's it for today. Good night, everyone. Bye.